Are you glad to be here this morning? All right, listen. First service was tough, guys. Um, they were sleeping, I think. Their eyes were open, but they were just quiet. And so I want to challenge you because I'm going to need I'm a little feedback, okay? Um, because it's okay. The Bible says clap your hands. All you people shout, to, shout, shout with joy or shout to God with a, the voice of triumph. It's okay to clap your hands in church. It's okay to say amen. Amen. Thank you. And so um, it's a good to be in God's house. And, and uh, you look at that video, it's silly, but the video is talking about and just kind of the, the, the no-brainer stuff, being grateful for the things that, you know, we take for granted, the car, <laughs> coffee. Um, you know, notice he didn't say that when he saw the kids. I, I thought that was kind of a, a little bit of humor there. It's like he, he just ignored that one and then went on to the lights and stuff. But anyways, um, said that to say this, I struggle sometimes, personally, um, I have a hard time remembering, and sometimes I take for granted the many, many blessings that I have in my life. Anybody else feel the same way? I don't know, sometimes I just, I just take it for granted. Um, even worse than that, sometimes I take for granted the source of those blessings. Let me explain that one. You know, God blesses us with abilities. He blesses us with health. He blesses us with a job. And as we go through life, doing our jobs and, and building a life and being successful, sometimes we're tempted to think that the reason that we're there is because of our own doing. We, you know, I'm smart or I manage my money well or I'm a good hard worker and you know, I pull myself up on my bootstraps and that's the reason I'm successful today. And I think a lot of people in this world today struggle with that even more so is just recognizing the source from where those blessings all come from. I struggle sometimes, and I take for granted. And I'm not alone. Um, Abraham Lincoln wrote a, a, a declaration, a proclamation back in 1863. He was trying to mend a torn and tattered um, United States that had been just destroyed, if you will, from the Civil War. And he was trying to get them recentered. Uh, is an effort to rally and recenter uh, Americans around God and prayer. They desperately uh, need it. So he issued this day of national humiliation, fasting, and prayer. Um, and in it, listen to what he says. It's on the screen. Abraham Lincoln, we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We've been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We've forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us, and we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. He wrote this over 156 years ago, but he could have written it yesterday. Not him, but someone else. These words are so true of our nation. Amen? So last week we talked about a grateful heart, the dangers of ingratitude. Today I want to talk about the source of gratitude. Um, and I think this is very important for us as followers of Christ. In fact, um, if you struggle with that like I do, you say, sometimes I um, take for granted these blessings, sometimes I take for granted the source of the blessings from which they come, um, we need to know that thankfulness is at the center of the Christian faith. It really is. 
Thankfulness is a conscious response that comes from looking beyond our blessings to their source. See, we, we can look at the blessings and we can recognize the blessings, but the ability to look beyond the blessings and see their source, that's kind of what I want to hone in on today. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, there's a, actually a story that fits this uh, and explains um, what I'm trying to share and what I want to share today, and this idea of recognizing, acknowledging the source of the blessings. <clears throat> And it's in, in Luke 17, verse 11. It's a very familiar passage. We've heard this one many times. In fact, I preached it about three years ago, I remember. Um, and, and I want to read the passage. I will pray, and then we'll kind of come back and uh, share a few thoughts with you. So Luke chapter 17, verse 11, it says, As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, your word is truth. And Lord, there are so many lessons to learn in your word. And I pray that today, especially on the eve of Thanksgiving, as we prepare, Lord, to just give thanks for the many blessings that you bring in our lives. I pray that you open our eyes to the truth of your word. Help us to recognize um, that, that it goes beyond. A grateful heart is, is more than just recognizing, but it's acknowledging the source. And Lord, we know you're the source, and so would you just kind of cement that in our minds and our hearts today as we open up your word, um, and Father, just to learn how to, to live this life worthy of the calling that you've called us to. We ask it humbly in Jesus' name, amen. So last week we talked about the danger of ingratitude, and um, ingratitude is fertile soil for sin to develop. So we want to stay away from um, ingratitude. We want to be a grateful people, a thankful people. Uh, in fact, I shared a passage in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. that says, be thankful in all circumstances. Say all circumstances. It says, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is God's will, God's will. Sometimes we say, I wonder what God's will is for me. Here it is. It is God's will that we be thankful in all circumstances. We need a grateful heart. And so um, recognizing the source of all the blessings, let's look back at the story. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. In fact, it says he continued on toward Jerusalem. When I saw the word continue, I'm like, okay, where did the journey start? At what point did it say Jesus was headed to Jerusalem? Well, it goes all the way back to chapter 9. Um, it says, as the time drew near for Jesus to ascend to heaven. He knew his time, his mission was about to come to fruition. And as the time for him to go to ascend into heaven, it says he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. What does that mean? He's like, okay, it's time for me to go to Jerusalem. That's chapter 9. Chapter 10, it says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village. They obviously healed people there. Luke chapter 13 says, Jesus went through towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. So Jesus is on a mission. 
Jesus is on his way to a cross where he knew he was going to be sacrificed. And on his way to Jerusalem, as he continued toward Jerusalem, he's just ministering towns and villages and people come to him crying for mercy and he just shows them mercy. I think there's a beautiful picture in that is Jesus was on a mission, but he still had time to heal and meet the needs of those who cried out for mercy. I love that. It's all throughout scripture. Jesus, if you're willing, and they cry out for mercy, he could have said, hey, I'm on a mission. I ain't got time for that right now. I've got to get to Jerusalem, but he stopped and he showed them mercy. I love that, that picture of Jesus. So as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he, he reached the border town or border between Galilee and Samaria. It says, as he entered a village there, 10 men, say 10, 10 men were there with leprosy. It says they stood at a distance. Why did they stand at a distance? Because leprosy was like a living death sentence. If you had leprosy, um, it, was a, it was a terrible skin disease. It stunk. Um, you were considered unclean. There were actually laws um, in, in the Pentateuch that told them that they were to be put outside of the camp. Uh, they were to be separated from their families. Whatever life they had, it's over now with leprosy. You just, you're just out there. You're hopeless. You're helpless. You can't fix it. You're outsider. And these guys were obviously outsiders. And so I'm sure they'd heard about Jesus. They caught wind of Jesus. This guy's going around healing people and doing some miracles. And so when they, at a distance, saw Jesus, uh, they made a very smart move. And they says, it says they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And as I said, Jesus, thankfully, wasn't too busy on his mission that he dealt with them. In verse 14, it says, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, you didn't show yourself to the priest until the leprosy was healed. That was the purpose of the priest, was to just check you, inspect you, to make sure that you were now cleansed, and you could be reinstated back with your family and your life as you know it. And so when Jesus said to the, the lepers, as they cried out for mercy, he says, okay, go show yourself to the priest. Well, that took some faith on their part to be able to do. They could have easily said, but Jesus, <clears throat> you understand, we're not supposed to do that until we're clean. So could you heal us first? And then we'll go show ourselves to the priest. No, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. As they were going, as they were being obedient to what Jesus said, they were cleansed. How many were lepers? 10. How many were healed? All of them. So there's this common blessing that they all experience is that they all were in the same predicament. They all had the same affliction. They all had leprosy. They all were separated from their families. They all had this living death sentence. I'm sure they were hopeless. I'm sure it was just miserable sitting around in their group because they're all, they have in common. They're all afflicted with leprosy. They all had that in common. Another thing that they um, have in common here is they all cried out to Jesus for, for mercy. They all needed the touch from the healer, and they all cried out for mercy. They all were obedient to what Jesus told them to do. And Jesus said, go to the priest, and this says they started going, and on their way, they were healed. And they all obviously were healed. And so that's the, the thing they shared in common, this common blessing, but there's a difference because one, gives us a beautiful example of what it looks like to recognize and acknowledge the source of the blessings. One, say one. So how many were healed? Now we're talking about one. And so three, three years ago when I taught this, I said, be the one, because that's the, the example. We need to be like this one, not like the other nine. So one of them, in verse 15, I want to spend most of my time in these two verses, 
And I'm going to share with you five things that he did. One of them is kind of in unison with what they did. I mean, it relates to them as well. But there are four things that he did that the rest of them didn't do. And I want to kind of hone in on that. So verse 15, uh, the first thing that he did is he realized that he was healed. Now, I'm sure that every one of them realized that. I mean, they were lepers. They were going around. I mean, they, they weren't allowed to be anywhere near their family. And so they knew very much so what it was like to be a, a leper, to have leprosy. And as they were going to the priest, and in obedience to what Jesus said, it says that they were healed. Now, I don't know about you, but I could just only imagine what that journey might have been like. I can only imagine what the attitude of the 10 lepers must have been like the moment they realized they visually noticed a difference. Hey, I don't stink anymore. Hey, my skin looks clear. Hey, I think we're healed. And they all realized that they had been healed of their leprosy, amen? They realized it. I think it's safe to say that they all realized, but here's where it is different and what he did. It says, when one of them... When he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus. He returned. Say returned. So the other nine are on their way to do what Jesus said to do. Go to the priest, show yourself to the priest, because that, the, the, that was the way that they were going to get reinstated to their life. But one, one, when he realized with the other nine that he was healed, he said, wait, hold up a second. And he turned around. And he returned to Jesus. And I think that's very key. Uh, a very key thing for us to get today. <clears throat> Upostefo, strefo is what it means. It's return, turn back, turn around. And he simply just turned around and came back to Jesus. Why? Because he recognized that Jesus was the reason he was healed. He recognized Jesus as the source, amen? So he returned. He came back to Jesus when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus. And the next thing he did was he raised a big fuss. If you're keeping up, these are all R's. I stayed up really late trying to come up with it. I'm not real creative, and so I'm hoping you're taking notes because later I'm going to go, man, I came up with that. Yeah, I did. That was pretty cool, right? Miracles can happen. But, but he realized that he was healed. He returned back to Jesus, and he raised a big fuss. What do I mean by that? Listen to what it says. It says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God shouting praises to God. Now, he could have easily said, <clears throat> Jesus, can I talk to you for a second? Jesus, can I pull you to the side? I got something I want to tell you. But no, he didn't say that. When he realized he was healed, he was like, he put a little zip in his, a zippity-doo in his da. You know, he's like heading back to Jesus going, <laughs> praise God. He shouted. I think the shout needs to come back into the church, Amen. I think the shout of praise, the shout of triumph needs to come back to the church because we have also been healed. We've been delivered. Listen, he raised a big fuss about God. He praised him. He shouted. The word, um, I think in the, the Greek, it's a loud voice, two words together, megas and um, phony, which we get our word megaphone from. What do you do with a megaphone? It amplifies, doesn't it? It's loud. It's not subtle. It's like, woo listen to me. He realized he was healed. He turned around, going back to Jesus. He's like, I can't wait till I get there. I just got to start saying, I recognize what happened to me. Woo, praise God. He's shouting it. Like I said, I think we need to, I think it needs to be revived in our hearts today because God is so worthy.
of our doxa, our praise. Amen? So he, he raised a big fuss about God. He shouted with a loud voice, not ashamed, not private. And he also, look at what he did next. He, he revered him. By that, it means he worshiped. This is verse 16. It says, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for all that he'd done. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. Now, this is significant because uh, this is a, a position of worship. When you see in Scripture that they fell at the feet of Jesus, that means they were worshiping Jesus, but the Torah and the teachings in, in Moses' law said that you don't worship anybody but God. He's the only one worthy of being worshiped. What this leper recognized was who Jesus was. So when he returned and, and he began to make a big fuss about who the character, uh, who God is, who Christ is, he began to make a big fuss about it, right? Then he gets down and he begins to worship him as deity, worship him as God. I think that's so significant. The other nine represent the Jewish people that Jesus came to. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. See, they were willing to receive all the many benefits that he would give them to, to feed the 5,000, um, you know, to heal the blind, to cause the sick to be healed. I mean, they, they were cool with that, but they didn't want to receive him as Messiah. This one recognized who was the source of his blessing, and he said he bowed down and he worshiped him, man. He revered him. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. That is a posture of worship, and I believe that needs to come back to the church today. When's the last time you got on your knees, not because you dropped something, but you got on your knees and just said, God, I humble myself before you. I recognize that you're the source of all of my blessings. Those ones that I take for granted, yes, but God, you are God and I'm not, and I worship you simply because you're worthy of being worshiped. When was the last time? We revered him like that. Praise, worship. And lastly, look back at the text. It says he, he recognized. He, it says thanking him for what he had done. You say, Shane, well, you already used the word realize, and that the same recognize. No, realize means to come aware of something, to recognize. I'm not speaking of recognizing it in our mind, but when you recognize someone, how many know there's action involved with it? I'll use him as an illustration. He's not here, but, and I could do this all day long. Just God has blessed Living Water with so many great people, so many things that they do, but one in particular was Kenny Dean. Kenny's a good friend of mine, and last week uh, there was a, a lady that was here uh, as a guest, and he went above and beyond, out of the way as a, as a greeter, as an usher. He said, I want you to meet my pastor, and so he, he made sure and found me, and he brought her, and we, we just kind of made this connection, and I was like, man, thanks for being intentional, because it's hard in a church this size to get to, to speak with people one-on-one, -on -one, to get to meet new people, new faces. And, and Kenny knows that. He's like, I know Shane's hard, and so I'm gonna do what I can to, to just make sure there's a connection made. And he did that. And so I also said to Kenny, thank you. That means so much to me. Now, how many of you know there's a difference between recognizing and acknowledging in my heart that, hey, that was a blessing to me, and telling Kenny, hey, that's a blessing to me. There's a big difference, isn't there? And so I'm transitioning this over to our, our relations with God. It's like, hey, I recognize the blessings that God has put in my life, but yeah, have you told him? Because it turns out that's what he wants. He wants us to approach him. He wants us to thank him. Listen to what it says in verse um, 17. Then Jesus asked three questions. Didn't I heal 10 men? I mean, 10 of them just a few moments ago were plagued with leprosy and, and they were crying out for mercy and, and I healed all 10 men. Weren't there 10 
men? Didn't I heal 10 men? Second question, where are the other nine? I mean, one returned, where are the other nine? I mean, you see in that, he wants us to acknowledge. He wants us to worship him for who he is, for what he does. He wants us to return. A third question, he says, has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? He was a Samaritan. Jesus was making a point. Hey, the foreigners, the, the outsiders, the Samaritans, the ones that are not even my covenant people, they get it. They recognize who I am, and they respond to that, and many of his own people would reject him as Messiah. They didn't recognize the source of all of their blessings. This one did. He thanked him. He expressed his gratitude to God. And so if you don't get anything else, grateful heart recognizes and acknowledges the source of blessings. Looking beyond the blessings themselves and just seeing the source of those blessings. How many of you know that you have your job because God's given you health? You're successful at what you do because God's given you the ability to think to act, to, uh, he's given you different skills and talents. I mean, it all comes from him and for us just to recognize, God, you're the source of all things. You're sovereign. It means you're over all things. And if you're over all things and you're in control of all the things, even the blessings in my life, so God, I just acknowledge that, that you are the source of all, all things. A grateful heart recognizes and acknowledges the source of the blessings. So let me ask you a question. How about you? Do you acknowledge God as the source in all of your blessings, and not just the physical stuff. See, this is where we focus on because it's tangible. I, I, I meet people, and I, and I get to talk with people regularly, and they're, you know, they get something new, or they, they get some big promotion or whatever, and I'm always careful to try to direct them back to, hey, have you, have you just said thank you to God? I mean, because I'm, I'm seeing the big picture God maneuvered and, and did things that put you there. Have you said thank you to God? Because recognize he's the source of all of these things, right? So how about you? Do you recognize that God is the source, um, not just of the physical things. Like I said, that's the stuff that's easy for us to, to look at is, you know, our jobs, our house, the coffee, the kids, the, the car, you know, the heat, air conditioning in the summertime. But you can go across the planet in third world countries and you can see people that have none of those things displayed on that video and they have every reason to be just as grateful today as you and I, which are extremely blessed and the reason is, is because the, the, the field is level when it comes to the gospel. The God is no respecter of persons, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many know he's the source of life? Listen to what Ephesians says. Ephesians chapter 2, I won't read it all, but it says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. And verse 3 it says, by, your, by, by our very nature we were subject to God's wrath, just like everyone else. We were subject to God's anger. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. He gave us life. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead among, or excuse me, uh, along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. That's good news, church. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and his kindness toward us as shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. So God saved you 
by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for that. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done, so no one can boast about it. Verse 11 says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Listen, if you're not born um, as a Jewish person, you're not Jewish, you are an outsider, you're a Gentile. And listen what he says, it says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Does that sound familiar? Does that not sound like the the lepers before Christ blessed them with healing? We are a lot like that. Without the gospel, without Christ, we're like the lepers. We're alienated. We're outsiders. We don't know the covenants of God. We are hopeless and helpless. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we were once outsiders, but because of the gospel, he said, y'all come in. Y'all come close, right? He, He included us. It says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus once you were far away from God. But now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Guys, if we can't find anything else tangibly to recognize and acknowledge, we need to start there. God, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you, God, for loving me when I was unlovable. God, thank you for making a way for me to be made right with you because I know that on my best day, on my absolute best day, my righteousness is like filthy rags compared to you. There's nothing I could ever do to be made right with you. It is only by grace that we have been saved. There is a good place to start recognizing the source of our salvation. So let me ask you a question. How much happier how much more content, how much more joy would you and I have if we understood this truth? <laughs> how much more joy, how much more happy would we be if we would regularly acknowledge the source of our blessings? How would the stress levels look like, especially with Christmas around the corner? I mean, that's a big stress day. Month, and the months after that you have to pay for the, the one day, you know, Christmas, the big ticket items that you're paying for for the next six months, stress. But how many of you would recognize and acknowledge that, you know what, I think things would be a lot better if we grabbed a hold of this and recognize, you know, it's not just about the blessings, looking at those, but it's looking beyond the blessings at the source of those blessings. And he is the ultimate source and therefore worthy of our praise and our worship. Acknowledging. So let's take our cues from the one leper, not the nine. Let's realize the blessings. We, we, we quoted the song last week, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Just taking stock of all that we have, even those things that we take for granted, saying, God, I am so, so blessed. Some of you guys need to look at your wife next to you and go, whoo I am blessed, right? Because you married up, so did I. It's okay, it's good. But to realize the blessings that he's given to us, the blessings of salvation through the gospel, the, the fact that he's no respecter of persons, that whosoever. And you know what that means? <laughs> whosoever. 
would believe in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's realize his blessings. Let's return. Let's go to him, not just talk about him. Hey, are you blessed? Oh, yeah, God's blessed me. God's blessed me. Tell him. Return to him. How do we do that? We do it in prayer. We, we do it in praise. We do it in worship. Just return to him. We come into God's house weekly to worship, to magnify, to celebrate who he is and who he says that we are in him. I mean, there's a perfect opportunity there to return to him and acknowledge all the good things that he's done for us. Let us return. Let us go to him. Let us raise a big fuss by lifting him up without shame. Church, we need to be okay. We need to be okay with raising up a little hallelujah every once in a while, with, with raising up a little praise the Lord every once in a while. It's okay. We're not going to get in trouble for that. I look through the Bible. There's nothing there that says, keep quiet. David was unashamed when he danced before the Lord with all his might. Some say naked. I think in a loincloth, but anyway, it's kind of gross. I'm thinking, wow, that's out there. And I'm not suggesting that we do that here, but I'm just saying it. There's a pendulum effect. You know, I was raised in a church where that's all it was. It was all hype and all crazy. And it's like, you just want to say, come down off the chandelier so we can go home, Grandma. I mean, it was just crazy. And I'm not, I know that's the extreme here, but the other extreme is the, the church of the chosen frozen. Bless the Lord. Amen. I think there's a balance. It is a good thing <clears throat> to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises, Lord Most High. It's a good thing for us to give praise to the Lord. Mega phone with a loud voice shouting, Hallelujah, God is good as worthy. Amen? Just make a big deal about Him. It's okay. I'm not going to get mad. For preaching me down, I'm going to have to calm you down a little bit, but it's okay to celebrate who God is and what he's done for us. Let's revere him for who he is. That's worship. You know, the music that we do on Sundays is not a concert. I've noticed that shift in our, our culture. I led worship for years, years ago, and I just see the shift from just wholehearted, intimate, worshiping God, recognizing him for who he, he was, to just kind of a more of a concert-type atmosphere where we just sing songs, got a cool band, and that's cool. Let's bring back worship to the house. And you know what? It doesn't have to be just in this church. But your, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. How many know you can worship anywhere you're at? God, you're worthy of worship to get on our knees before him, to humble ourselves, recognize it's not about us, it's about him, to recognize he is the source of all of our blessings. It not only recognizes, but it acknowledges him as the source. And let's finally recognize him by expressing our gratitude, not just saying, oh yeah, God's good to me, but God, you're good to me. God, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for the salvation, the gospel. Thank you that while I was still a sinner, you said Christ died for me. Wow, that just blows my mind. Thank you that like the, the 10 lepers, I was in the same boat, unclean, an outsider, rejected, hopeless, helpless, stinky. And that because of the gospel, he cleaned me up and brought me in and restored me and gave me life. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool stuff right there, isn't it? God, thank you for life. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for life. The, the idea is not focusing just on the blessings in and of themselves. And I'm thankful for those. But let's look beyond those at the source of all Blessings, because how many know he's the ultimate source? So let's just recognize him by expressing our gratitude. In fact, let's do that now as we close. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and let's just 
lift up a prayer of thanksgiving. As you just evaluate where you're at and as you recognize, you realize the many blessings that he's put in your life, maybe that, that spoke to you and thought, man, I'm the same way. I just take it for granted. This is a perfect opportunity for you, just you and him. Say, God, right here where I'm at, I know I've been complaining about the things I don't have. I know I've been a little bit bitter lately of the things going on in my life as though I'm the only one going through trouble. But I choose today to just return thanks and just say thank you, God, for the many blessings in my life. I mean, if that's you, I just want to encourage you just to make this your prayer. And if you're comfortable, raise your hands and surrender to him and acknowledging that he's worthy. Father, we come before you today acknowledging that you are the ultimate source of life. Like those lepers, we are totally helpless. It's hopeless without the gospel. That on our best days, it's not good enough. Nothing could ever put us in a right relationship with you apart from the gospel. And so God, I thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the good news that while I was still sinners, Christ died on the cross for even me, yes, me. Thank you for the good news of the gospel. Thank you that I'm no longer an outsider, but I'm included. I'm in the citizenship. I've been brought near. Uh, you said draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. I've got this access today that I've never had before because of the gospel. Thank you for an inheritance kept for me in heaven, for a new identity. I can call you father. I'm your child. I thank you for my family, my huge family. We call it the church, but I thank you for my, my family, my brothers and sisters that get to walk with me in this journey and, and help lift me up and encourage me when I'm down. And I get to do the same thing for them. God, I thank you for my family. Father, on a personal note, thank you for the many, many things that we take for granted or the home that we live in, the food that we eat, the, the, the car that we drive, the job that we have, the health that we enjoy. Father, for all of it, we simply say thank you. You And we recognize not just the, the blessings, but we go beyond that and we recognize the source. And you are the source. And you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of a shout. You're worthy of worship. You're worthy of our honor. You're worthy of our obedience. You are totally worthy today. And so, Father, we just simply say thank you. Now, as we transition and we get ready to get into this Thanksgiving season, we're going to be tempted we're going to have plenty of opportunities to come up to kind of steal away this idea, and we'll get bitter and, and ungrateful and complaining. And Father, I just ask that you would help us to cement this, this idea, this mindset in our heads as we leave this place today, and we go home, we travel, we get around those difficult family members, whatever it is, Lord, that we will just remember what a grateful heart looks like, the dangers of ingratitude. Lord, that a, a healthy heart or a grateful heart is a healthy heart. It's healthy to you. It's healthy towards people. And it literally is healthy. It's good for us. But Father, to all, uh, also not just recognize the blessings, but to go beyond recognizing and acknowledging those blessings. And maybe we need to say that in front of family members. You know what? God's been good to us. Remind that family, God is so faithful. Let me tell you what he's done for us this year. But not just telling them, they come to you in just a spirit of humility and say, God, I recognize that. I see that. Thank you. Lord, we know that you're looking for grateful people. We know that it's your will. I pray that you would cement that truth into our hearts and help us to be a thankful people with grateful hearts 
for your honor, for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming today. You're dismissed. Happy Thanksgiving.